From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, June 21st. Anyone shopping in Moab City recently has been paying a small portion of their sales tax to fund local recreation, arts, and parks. The so-called RAP tax went into effect in April 2021. It's collected on things like hotel stays and restaurants and equates to about one penny for every $10 spent. Now, after about a year, Moab City has a lot of these pennies. The wrap tax has generated $400,000. Most of the revenue would be used for City of Moab recreation, arts, parks, programs, and facilities. Some of that funding will also be set aside for programs developed by qualifying nonprofit organizations. Mayor Joette Langanese, in a recent city council meeting, elected officials last week decided that the revenue will be split 80-20. So 80% will be used internally for Moab City's own arts, parks, and rec-related buildings and programs, and 20% will be allocated to area nonprofits who apply for the funding. That means the city needs another committee. They're creating the Moab Recreation, Arts, and Parks Tax Advisory Committee, or RAPTAC. We are proposing a five-person committee, of which one member needs to show demonstrated experience with arts, one member needs to show demonstrated experience in parks and recreation, and up to three members at large. Annie McVeigh, Moab's Parks, Rec, and Trails director. Nonprofits applying for RAPTAC funding will go through this committee. And the purpose of the committee is to receive and review applications for the RAPTAC. Um, and then make final recommendations to council as far as where the funding goes. This committee needs bylaws, a mission statement, and objective criteria to make allocation recommendations for the $80,000 currently available for qualifying nonprofits. They also need members. Each one will be appointed by the mayor and is subject to term limits. As for Moab City's portion of the RAP tax revenue... They have $320,000 to spend internally right now. Council members say this funding could go to updating park amenities and associated infrastructure. A few items of concern mentioned in their recent meeting include the playground at Swanee City Park and the Center Street ball fields. The funding may also provide new rec arts and parks opportunities at Moab City. Changes are coming to the management of large swaths of public land in southeastern Utah. Those include increasing tribal representation and tripling the size of a popular state park. Justin Higginbottom has more. The BLM and U.S. Forest Service signed an agreement over the weekend giving more management rights of Bears Ears National Monument to the five tribes living in that region. BLM Director Tracy Stone Manning called the agreement an important step for considering traditional perspectives in joint decision-making. President Biden had reestablished the Bears Ears Commission, which includes one elected officer from each tribe. That commission, along with federal agencies, will create a plan for the 1.36 million acres of federal land within the monument. They will also work together to develop public programs and return archaeological objects. The agreement comes with a new Bears Ears National Monument sign on Highway 261. It includes the insignias of the tribal partners. Those include the Hopi, Navajo, Ute Mountain Ute, Ute Indian, and the Pueblo of Zuni. 
Stone Manning also visited Emory County to sign over 6,300 acres of federal land to the state of Utah. That land will be used to triple the size of Goblin Valley State Park. Additional federal land transfers will be used for a planned county sheriff's substation and new information center. Stone Manning said the change will expand recreation access and improve public safety in the area. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. 15 years ago, residents and visitors to Telluride, Colorado, raised $50 million to make a unique purchase. They bought 570 acres of land on the west end of that town. It's known as the Valley Floor and now sits as protected open space. It's home to local elk and has cross-country ski trails in the winter and hiking and biking in the summer. Last month, Local children headed out to the valley floor to learn more about this environment. Julia Caulfield, with our partners at KOTO, tagged along and brings us this story. Walking out onto the valley floor on a warm, albeit slightly smoky, Monday morning, small groups of kindergartners, first and second graders tromp through the open space. It's Valley Floor Education Day. We learn about birds, we learn about invertebrates, we learn about river flow, we learn about the spruce forest, and we learn about the history of the Valley Floor. Um, The people from the museum, uh, from the History Museum, are are bringing their history lesson to to the willow section. That's Sarah Holbrook, executive director of the Pinhead Institute, a youth science nonprofit. It's cute to be able to see the kids' faces when you say, you know, this is your valley floor. You know, this is yours. They're like, what? Yeah, so it's, it's our valley floor, right? We live here in Telluride. We get to, um, to experience it and learn from it, and it's just wonderful to see the kids' faces light up when, when they get onto the grass and see the goose poop and <laughs> see the birds' scopes and see the bugs that come out of the pond and... Um, and they'll learn lessons on water flow, hydrology, the river, all that kind of stuff. It's a great, it's a great day. I'm super psyched for it. Pinhead, along with Sheep Mountain Alliance, an environmental nonprofit, the Telluride Institute, and the Telluride Historical Museum are collaborating on the day. Over at the pond, students learn about habitat and birds. First things first. What is a habitat? Thanks for raising your hand. A habitat is somewhere where an animal lives, like a forest, a swamp. Ooh. Those are great examples. So a habitat can be somewhere where an animal lives. It could be where a plant lives. Vicki Phelps is teaching about invertebrates. We found qu- quite a bit in the pond. Um, normally we find all kinds of cool stuff in the river, but the flow is so high. It's really hard to get your <laughs> grip with a kick net and, and collect things. But um, we found some mayflies and leeches, scuds, uh, worms. Um, back swimmers, uh, boatmen, which have these cool paddle-like appendages. She hopes Valley Floor Education Day helps foster appreciation for the landscape and a better understanding of how everything is connected. This is sort of an icebreaker for the Valley Floor. Then they can come back with their families and share their excitement and their knowledge. Moving to the river, there are beaver homes to explore. Um, Cool, so this is a burrow, and what else? Beavers build dams, and what else do they build? A lodge. Yep, she's got it. Stream flow to understand. Okay, so this is a really special feature of rivers, the eddy. This little spot here is something we call an eddy. And often the water is very still, 
or it will actually flow upstream. Stepping back into a willow grove, students make bracelets out of willow, learning about the Ute people who used to summer on this land. They had what we call a symbiotic relationship. Can you say the word symbiotic? Symbiotic. Yes, so that means that even if they were going to take from the land, they weren't taking more than what they needed to survive. Vivian Hartnett, she's six, likes coming to the valley floor to look for treasures and fossils. I really like to do a lot of fun stuff down in the valley floor. Today, her favorite part is learning about the beavers. Rivers are really important to beavers and things that like to live in the water. And the trees are really important for elk and the everything is important for nature. Vivian's mom, Amy Hartnett, is along for the field trip as well. For her, Valley Floor Education Day helps children get a better understanding of the place they live. I think the more that kids can learn about where they live and the importance of ecosystems, people that have lived here before them, animals, it just helps them realize that they're um, a, a bigger a part of something bigger. You know, and it makes them want to care for things more and respect everything from, you know, the big mountains to the, the tiny little bugs that, you know, live on the valley floor. Everything in between is very special. It's great for them to learn at this age. It's really important for them to learn so young. Telluride celebrated Valley Floor Day with a banner on Main Street, recognizing the 13th anniversary of the valley floor becoming open space, a community treasure available to explore for generations to come. For KOTO and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Julia Caulfield. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, June 21st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.